0: You're listening to Castrol CarCast on Podcast One.
1: All right, we go through the whole Monterey Race Weekend recap, some funny stories, and some good sights and sounds from the track as well.
0: Ooh, and some good food.
1: It's good food oh. and a epic spin out. <laughs> Man, that was a big that was a big spin out. I must have covered. 300 feet in that spin-out. Oh,
0: it's fantastic. That was a
1: full football field. Of it's dramatic. It's <laughs> <laughs> yep. Always embarrassed. Never scared. That's the name of my next book. And uh, so we'll get into all that. First, uh, Continental OE Technology Series. You can find weird things in your cars. I found a little dirt in my car after the spin-out. A little bit of gravel. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, You also find Continental Belts. Bet you didn't know they're OE on millions of Chrysler, Dodge, Ford, BMW, VW, and GM vehicles. Continental is launching the aftermarket multi-V belt with the OE pedigree. It's their OE technology series, fanatically engineered for perfect fit, form and function for 98% of vehicles on the road in the U.S. and Canada. Continental OE technology series, multi-V belt, the belt, with the OE pedigree and you get the full story. Now, uh, some of you may not uh, be uh, aficionados of uh, multi-V belts but uh, we're yeah. going to get These you. These are
0: the serpentine belts on oh. every single car now.
1: OETechnologySeries.com is where you go and you can get the uh, multi-V story. OE OETechnologySeries.com <laughs> Get on, get to get on the a... and welcome to Carcast, man. Of that's good. That's Matt the moderator, DeAndrea, over there. Hello, man. just Matt, Matt the moderator, yeah. man. Back from uh, uh-huh. from Monterey, Monterey, Car Week, couple, big week, couple days of detoxing, lots of stuff going on over there, um, lots of excitement. Um, First off, Max Pata, I'm wondering if this information information is um, discernible or gleamable or something. But it was blazing hot at the track on Wednesday when we pulled in, and we we pulled in at 4:35 in the afternoon, and yeah. it was scorching hot.
0: Yeah. And Sean was, was already texting. He's like, I don't know what's going on, but it, it's ridiculous. It out was here.
1: also ridiculously hot on Thursday, the following day. Now you go, well, what's the rub? Well, the rub is <laughs> you do want to know temperature at the track for various reasons. Yeah. Um, I had sat at, at my house and I said, you know what? It's always the same weather at the track and, and at Monterey every year. It's the same, but I'm going to check. And I did the like Monterey 10 day forecast. And this was four or five days before we left. Mm-hmm. And it just said 68, 68, 68, 68, yeah. like all day long. It's like 58 at night, 68, you know? And I was like, okay. And then I stopped and I thought, you know what? I'll tell you what? Monterey is not the track. Right. It's not Laguna Seca. Laguna Seca's up in the hills it's a lot of asphalt and it's hotter it's always hotter it's a, you know 10 percent hotter and I thought I'm not gonna just do the 68 in Monterey I'm gonna do Laguna Seca and I typed in like Laguna Seca it's like weather tech Laguna Seca 10 day forecast so yeah. I was like okay they have their own forecast 68 68 68 68. 68 uh, we pulled in it was 101 yeah I mean, it was oppressively hot. Now you go like, well, so what's the big whoop? Charles got me a cool shirt and a cool bucket and a cool <laughs> everything to ride around in that car, but yeah. I checked the temp and it was 60s. So I was like, I'm not going to, I don't want to deal with wiring this thing up and have one more thing for Sean to try to figure out.
0: Right, and if it's not going to get used, it's, it's just going like, to wrench in I'll, it I'll, I'll
1: use it What next time we go to Fontana on yeah, Father's sure. Day. I'll use it. So um, I was like, It was insanely hot. And then I became obsessed. Like, what's up with the 10-day forecast? And not only the 10-day forecast, the day before we left, I plugged it in. So then I was like, wait a minute. So I told Matt, Matt, track tomorrow, Thursday. What's it? Thursday at the track. They must have changed it. It's scorched. It's blazing. Anyone you spoke to there, including Bruce Kenapa, who's been there every year for 30 years, went, Wednesday was the hottest day it's ever been at this track. Yeah. Ever. In yeah. any month. And so I was like, okay, what's it going to be tomorrow? It's like 68. 68. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. It can't <laughs> be sick. It cannot cool down 40 degrees. No, no. 68. I'm like, no, no. It's not 68 at Pebble Beach. At the track. 68. 68. Went in That's on Thursday. Thing. It had dropped down to 97. Right. We went, well, what? the <laughs> fuck? What what's going on? Why don't we have? And then I kept obsessing. Like, hit it again. Check the car temp. Check it. Oh, it's uh, eighty-six. We're
0: standing at the track checking the temperature. It says it's sixty-eight, and we know it's ninety-one outside.
1: We're pulling <laughs> on up the hill. We're going down into the parking lot at nine fifteen in the morning on Thursday. It says eighty-six degrees on the car thermostat. Yeah. Why? Why does the ten-day forecast still say sixty-eight?
0: I don't know why we why we don't have the technology to make it's a, this It's happen. a racetrack.
1: Uh, don't you, you – you have Scramp and all this stuff with the uh, – you know. Doesn't the – the racetrack should have their
0: own like temperature and track temp, like the surf report, right? Like they should have it like on their website, the weather tech – Website by the way, weather is in the name of the track.
1: <laughs> it's a good point. And look, guys, for tuning purposes, for tire purposes, yeah. for things like that, want to know cool suit, cool shirt. They want to know what yeah. the temp is when they're coming out from Oregon I mean,
0: for for four it would, days. It would help. It would help. Yeah, it would help. We went to the Shelby screening event, and uh and Allie, who works with us in films, she walked up and said, because her parents have a house there, she's like. What's going on? It's the hottest day ever in Monterey. Yes. And I was like, it's funny you said that because Adam might have mentioned that as well.
1: Speaking <laughs> of a uh, Shelby Doc, which made me laugh, I was standing with Mike August. We were like standing, looking at the bleachers, looking at the cars coming around the Trans Am race. And he went... Uh, he was talking about Fox and Fox being bought by Disney or Disney buying Fox or whatever. Fox, Disney, Disney, yeah. Fox, whatever. And he's like, all the Fox movies have lost money, blah, blah, blah. Ford v. Ferrari's a Fox movie. We'll see how, whatever. And then he said, you know, they did a screening here at Monterey. They're uh, doing a screening at SEMA. <clears throat> and yeah. I said, uh, they did a screening of Ford v. Ferrari at Monterey. Yeah, I didn't see And I said... Who told you that? He said, Matt DeAndria. Uh, and know I said, uh, wait a minute. I've been with Matt DeAndrea for the last twenty nine hours nonstop, like everywhere we go. I we're sitting in a car for five hours. He don't he didn't bring it up to me. No. I would have had tickets. No, nah, he night. he told me <laughs> Ford V. Ferrari. I said, we did a Shelby screening and he goes, Oh, you guys did a Shelby screening. And I said, yeah, we, we did a Shelby. We we did a Shelby screening. And he's like, Oh, okay. I didn't know about that, but I did know about the Ford V Ferrari screening. And I said, Mike, I, I believe once again, (laughs) I, I, I believe you're wrong on this. I've been Matt, Said, we're doing a Shelby screening. And in your mind, something yeah. went that way. But we're not doing a. There's no Ford V Ferrari screening because, A, Matt would have said something to me 30 times. It would have been on our calendar. Like, hey, we want to go check out Yeah, you want to see it? They're screening it. Let's go. Right. Let's get well, the advanced preview. That's what he told me. I was, I was like, <laughs> like, no, he didn't. He didn't. He did not tell you that. He did not. Did not tell you that. Uh, someone pretty close to this.
0: I feel like I. I'm sure I did not tell him that.
1: So uh, we went there. The car was there. The car... It
0: was there probably at noon. Because <laughs> Sean likes to get up in the middle of the night and drive.
1: He left at like four in the morning. It was so crazy, <laughs> novelty, hot. Sean hates the heat. and obviously on the asphalt and everything with under the car and everything like that. We started the car before we left. Um... Yeah. We warmed it up a little back in LA. We got that is the last time the car started under its own power. The car, we literally, that car, there was no starter issues. There's no clink, clink, clink. There's no sound. There was yeah. no anything. There's no grinding. There's no anything. We just turn the key, car start, turn the key, car start. Last three years, turn the key, car start. Yeah, no problem. Load it in the trailer. Load it. Turn the key, car starts, good. Shut it down, load it in the trailer, unload it at uh, on Wednesday, show up Thursday morning to do practice, no starter. Doesn't work. For the entire weekend. The entire weekend, no way to start the car. That I mean, what a way to fucking start the weekend. <laughs> like, like, you understand, the car started... 271 times. Yeah. But it was the 272nd time, which is when we're at the track on Thursday morning, and it stopped. Clearly, we got hit by an EMP.
0: That's right. And fucked up our solenoid.
1: Yeah, like uh, (laughs) War of the Worlds with Cruz. Yeah, Cruz could have fixed it. Putting that 302 in that uh, 66 (laughs) rent eraser. So anyway, we're like, oh, the starter's not going to work for the entire weekend? Yeah. And then Sean... Started to like check everything and pull the starter. Thursday morning run group, ten forty five. And I said, uh it was like, I don't know, nine forty five. And he's like, taking the starter out. And I was like, Hey man, uh if we can't get that starter fixed, we gotta bump start this car. Yeah. And you know, you're being casual about it, but I bump started a thousand dots and pickup trucks. I've never bump started nine thirty five. Like I'm yeah. I'm I, first gear, and that car is good for 80 miles an hour. Right. So yeah, I don't, we don't know if it's gonna... I don't know if we can just push it at 7 miles, 4 <laughs> miles an hour and get that thing bump yeah. started. I don't know if it's gonna start. So, we're getting down to, like, you know, it's time to get in the car, and the car's all jacked up and, and everything. And I say to Sean, uh, what are we doing? Because it's, it's time to go. And he's like, "I got I gotta test this starter. And... I like Sean, but uh, a little more clock observation would have been good. I said, Sean, we're not testing the starter. We're putting the starter back in the car. We're yeah. bumping the car, and we're going out. So that's all we got right now. Right. And so he then – he was cut off guard a little bit, and then he was in a crazy hurry just to get the starter back in the car. Yeah. And he did. Yeah. And we got it all back in the car just to be in the car, not to use it. And then we went and bumped the car,
0: right? And and it, and it bumped easily, which was good. Uh, I, the part I didn't fully understand was, uh, I get maybe dirt or whatever is an issue, but this was just one session. Why did we have to put the starter back in the car to get it out to that race? Why couldn't he just take it out, leave it out for a minute, go do your practice session? test the starter for the rest of the day and then make a decision why did it have to go back in the car I saw other than
1: a hole <laughs> left I don't, there I don't maybe we could have taped off that hole for I, debris i I agree with you uh at the time um Sean kind of just posed it like I gotta get the starter in the car before we yeah. go out there yeah. so I went right to hurry up and put the starter in the car. If you can do it fast, let's do it. And he said, I can do it in five minutes. I was yeah. like, well, go yeah. ahead and do it. So, yeah.
0: and, and, and he did. I was just a yeah, uh, I didn't know if there was a follow-up conversation. I didn't want to, like, cause stress I to the situation. Maybe, yeah, I maybe –
1: yeah, you're right. We could have taken – we'd have to take some carb cleaner and, you know, spray it on, and then we'd have to take a piece of foil tape or two pieces of foil tape and yeah, whatever. Just, it. But he'd probably said, in one do you think, getting up in there? Yeah. What if you got off the track? got some gravel in there, you know, whatever. I mean, like a
0: a, a makeshift piece of cardboard and some gaffer's tape probably would have solved the issue. Sean would
1: say, by the time you do that, I can bolt this thing back in. It's two bolts.
0: Yes, but then it wouldn't be laying on a bench outside the car for the rest of the day, able to be tested, is what his goal was.
1: I, I agree. I also don't know why we didn't just pull it back off and test it, or maybe we did.
0: Well, I think at that point we were like, it's not working. We're not going to get a starter. So why don't we just – we know it bumps easily. Let's just bump it for the rest of the weekend.
1: So we just bumped it yeah. for the rest of which the weekend. which it, 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 it it was worked. fine. It was fine. It was a little it, pain in the ass about when to warm it up and then shutting it down on the yeah, grid. Yeah, and it, it
0: kind of screwed up our, our cameras, some of the cameras, uh, the the new V-Box system, because the V-Box system was tied into the power, and you got to turn the car on and fire it up. And then it got a tack lead, and the tack lead – which was analog, tells the system to go. Right. And you got to, you know, so if we push you onto the track to bump start the car, nobody's running after you hitting the start button on the camera. So there was a little bit of rewiring with that as well. So it, yeah. Yeah. I, I, apparently we got it. You know, we got it figured out. So
1: <laughs> uh, I went out Thursday morning. The car ran pretty good. I was just saying you could have saved eight pounds. The, uh, <laughs> left that starter on the table. The engine <laughs> is. Starting to get a little tired, um, some of the uh, IMSA guys came by and said – officials said it's kind of smoking out of the back. And Sean kind of said, oh, maybe there's a oil line that's leaking or something. But Sean checked it and he just said it's just basically coming from the head gasket. That's it. It's like, – it's,
0: it's, it's, yeah, it's that or a ring or something. It's a little, it's, a little it's, loose.
1: It's, it's, it's tired. Yeah. The car works. It It pulls. Uh, okay, it's probably yeah. down on. Well, we know it's down a little bit on
0: horsepower because yeah, I mean we dynoed it and we got some pretty good numbers out. We didn't get Bruce Canepa numbers out of it, but we got I don't know period correct numbers. I think we were basically told.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe a little light on that, but I I think I think we can agree it's probably time for a freshening yeah. up uh, of the engine. Car worked fine. Had some. Issues with the tachometer because of the V box, which was hooked up to the tachometer, but then yeah, it was giving kind of couldn't a, start it, it was giving me weird yeah, readings weird and reading. it was cutting out. But luckily, and the
0: weird readings were only in the high RPMs. <laughs> were you, were <laughs> so you used at the least? <laughs> I
1: went out and just kind of went around the track and got the car up to temp and just kind of on Thursday morning just kind of went around the track and. Fifty cars in a race and I can't I qualified twenty fifth or something. Yeah. Which right in the middle. And then um we went out again on Friday morning and probably picked up a little bit of a pace and got the car up to well, let's see, up to fourteenth or fifteenth, I, I think.
0: Well Friday when we pulled the sheet it was twenty fifth, and then Saturday morning at first race, uh, yeah, yeah. So you qualified up to up to fifteenth. So Saturday morning you started in that fifteenth,
1: right? Fourteenth, fifteenth, somewhere, somewhere in there. I can't yeah. remember fourteenth or fifteenth. Anyway, um, then no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I think we screwed this up. I went from twenty five to twenty fourth place, then I went from twenty fourth place to fourteenth or fifteenth place, and then so. On Saturday, for the right. Saturday morning race, which is a race, uh, they just have two races. There's two races.
0: And all the practice sessions are qualifying sessions.
1: Yeah. And uh, I got hollered at a little bit by the IMSA guys for missing the checkered flag in the practice session, which is up on turn seven, which is I'm always looking for the checkered flag start finish. The rules are Don't believe we went over this too clearly in the driver's meeting, but the rules are when there's a pace car on the track, the only place you're going to see a checkered flag is start finish. Okay. When you're doing a warm up session or qualifying practice or something, but no pace car, just get out there and start getting into it. Yeah. You will see, it's a newer thing, you'll see a checkered flag. On turn seven, so that you can pull in without going around again.
0: Right. So they're saying race is over. You don't have to cross come in. the finish line. Come in. You, you want to come in as quickly right. as you can because I they want to get the next group. Out didn't
1: there. see the checkered flag on turn seven because I wasn't really looking yeah. for a checkered flag on turn seven. I went around and saw the checkered flag start finish, which okay. I thought. Oh. So you had
0: to go around again, basically. To you to had it about.
1: Three quarters of a yeah. lap on yeah. your whatever, and it, Ooh, you got a parade lap in there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Corolla's taking a solo lap in right. the, the race. <laughs> so I was told about that. And I was told about smoking. We'll uh, we'll tell you about. Uh, I'll show you a lap from the morning session. Lap, I just said take lap eight and lap nine, and I just sort of remember the end of the session coming up on some cars and having it be good speeds. First, I'll tell you about Castrol Edge stronger. Under pressure, engines can lose up to 10% of performance due to friction. Castrol Edge with fluid titanium transforms under pressure. Keep the metal from rubbing and robbing each other, everybody. Three times. Three times, fool. (laughs) Stronger (laughs) than leading full synthetic against viscosity breakdown. Edge. It's formulated in ways to exceed the toughest industry standards it is. Castrol Edge, everybody. Yeah. Uh, we'll let you hear the sights and the sounds, or at least yeah. hear the sounds. So we're
0: going to post these up on uh, YouTube and uh, carcastshow.com.
1: Mm-hmm. We'll probably edit them up and clean them up a little <laughs> and blah da, blah. Probably. Oh, I met yeah. Brad Frizzell, who's the guy who won the championship in the car that I'm the Z car that I'm coming up the mm-hmm. um, the orange one. Yeah, I think it was called. God, it it was called. I'll think of the name of it. Uh, you can go ahead and run it, uh, Max Patta. Uh, Transcendental Racing. They put more... They put a concrete runoff strip around the first turn and the second. And also, my pedal was going too deep to do the heel-toe again. Yeah, we had some brake fade and some braking Related, related issues. So this is the in-car camera we're looking at, over the shoulder, out the right. front window. You can see really what's going on. I was—they uh, put some cement runoff outside of turn uh, six. The uphill. I should get my turns figured out turn six where you go down and dip down you can you can see it some of the some of the times i was using a lot of it sometimes i i wasn't but they've added some cement where guys would hang tires all the time right here go in apex go wide there onto the green past the runoff yeah, yeah I see it. they they added it on there which is interesting interesting uh, concept or I don't know what's a concept but guys would hang tires there all the time to shoot gravel yeah onto the onto the track um, so the car's running pretty good at this point I'm running pretty consistent lap times and we're starting to get a little comfort level later on I had a horrific spin. I think it was driver error, but someone told me that F1 cars dropped a little oil down there as well. The, at the end of the at the at the end of the straight, probably going about 130, 132, something like that, but the brakes are kind of fading and going deep, so you have to really... It's right. a little nerve-wracking because you want that brake pedal at the end of that long... Into that long yeah, straightaway, and Sean bled the brakes again at the track. It just wasn't really solving the problem, so it's got to be looked at. Yeah, and I was starting at some point to slide the car around a little bit, and I was starting to get comfortable sliding around a little bit. Some some would say too comfortable, perhaps, and that's where the big slide out occurred. Uh, but again, going up the hill and coming around to the turn where, they again, they added they added some uh, runoff right there. Oh, yeah, I see. See, on the other side of the striped line. Yeah, when you guys watch the video, you'll see, I don't know, it looks like a blue or a greenish teal kind of scent yeah. off to the side. The car in front of me did not have their brake lights working, which always kind of... I, I don't like it. I like yeah. to see where they're braking... As they're going into turns right. and things yeah. like that, I don't know what the rule is. The rule is probably you're supposed to have them. I don't know if they fail or they shut them off or like what they what they do. I was getting into first gear at the end of the at the end of the Andretti, whatever. Uh, not the Andretti, but the end of the at the end of the straightaway or beginning of the straightaway. We're pulling up on uh, our friend. It's looking good it
0: looks it's looking like a fast lap
1: yeah good so
0: in the in your race we'll talk a little bit about the the spin out and we'll probably got some footage of it that we'll we'll post at some point but uh yeah i think it was turn turn three you came out of turn three and um i saw a couple guys spin throughout the weekend i saw one of those uh uh greenwood corvettes uh, uh spin out there as well um and uh the session right before you in the Saturday afternoon race, basically the last of of the races for everybody, uh, they had the, you know, the vintage F1 group out there and those guys were running hard. And from from the very first lap, uh, one of the lead cars was blowing a lot of smoke mm-hmm. and, and he ended up doing like, I don't know, two laps or something um, before the pace car came out and, uh, and they determined it was it was an oil leak and it was it was pretty significant. Mm-hmm. So they needed to to stop that group, but because it was the end of the day, didn't want to ruin it for everybody. So they postponed everything about twenty minutes. They had to clean mm-hmm. up the track, they had to get that guy off the track. Then they let those cars go out again. And the weird part was I, I don't know if they just tightened an oil line and he went out again, because when they restarted the race, it looked like somebody was blowing smoke again. Mm-hmm. Which was interesting. So there could have been a little bit more oil on it and, and I was sitting in the uh in the suite where that turn three is and that's where you came around and by the time you were out of my view, because we're we're tucked right into uh the, the number three corner there, that's when you Got a little, little left, little right, and and did that really awesome like hundred mile an hour drift, <laughs> just sliding and sliding. And, yeah, uh, it's it's it was kind of epic, but uh, but I, you know, I didn't hit anything. It was fine. It was just you know, but also you know, I, I I'm sure you're going through your head at some point, going, don't hit anything, don't hit anything, but also don't stall the car because we don't have a starter.
1: <laughs> yeah, the car wouldn't restart. You wouldn't
0: be able to start it again, and and. You know, a lot of these guys, you get out into the dirt, they wait a minute, let the track clear, fire it up and get back out and pull it in or do another lap or whatever they got to do. But if you if your engine was out, you're out.
1: Yeah, i would have to be towed in and they'd right. have to bring the tow vehicle out. And Which is far more flag embarrassing. The, it's far more, <laughs> more embarrassing and they'd have to flag the race. I, I was able to keep my car running because I knew I couldn't restart my car. Uh, when I was watching game film of it, uh I was trying to catch up, and I was sort of reeling in this guy in this RSR who I've seen there many times before, and he was actually the same guy. I think I was trying to reel in when that 914 came all the way down the track and sort of cut me off. Yeah. And uh, by the way, when you see that I spun out or went to the dirt, famously my Z car, that corner that line everyone just runs through the middle of that corner and then goes down that guy went way out yeah Thus, going like okay here almost i come almost like
0: he was saying pass and then he I'm just came slow. way down yeah.
1: into and in like you don't do that turn like you do normal turns where you go out and then you come all the way and you run through the middle of it and then you kind of yeah. apex it but anyway uh i was trying to catch up with this guy now what was happening is it was the last race of the day we're about 6 laps in um, I was getting comfortable kind of sliding the car around a little, like having it slide out mm-hmm. around the corner a little and gather it back up again. I'd done that on a few turns where the end kind of came out and I got up, I got on it. And if you see guys drive these 935s, they're just sawing away at the wheel. The end's yeah. sliding all over the place. They're just sawing away. So the question is, is once you go through the corner, once you, try to apex the corner, how soon before you get back on the boost? And the, the sooner you get back on the boost, the better Yeah. for speed. So what I did as I was looking at the film, the driver's error part is instead of tracking it all the way out after, you know, try to hit the apex and then track all the yeah. way out. Instead of tracking all the way out, I went. Well, I'm comfortable sliding this car around a little. I'm gonna get back into it and and cut it a little bit short and try to get down the track sooner. Okay. Versus tracking yeah. all the way out. I was like, I'll just pull it pull it a little harder to the right. The end will come around a little and I'll just track it. I'll start going straight down. And the car started sliding a little bit, and I was like, I'm not, I'm not getting off I didn't get off it. I was like, uh, I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll, st- I'll stay into it and I'll just, I'll just, I'll just drift it a little and then I'll just smooth it out. Yeah. But it then, of course, it just snapped the other direction. I didn't break. I didn't do anything. I just, I yeah. stayed on it and just sort of like, oh, I'm going to just kind of drift it out a little bit and then just popped. Yeah. The other huh. direction. So there was no, just,
0: just a little, a little less, a little, Light on throttle input, and they start shifting weight around on that car. And uh, even just a little off the gas can put a little nosedive And that was probably just enough to. Yeah, well, we can watch it. We the can rear end. listen.
1: We can listen to it too. You can hear that I don't really get off the throttle when the rear end starts going mm-hmm. around. I don't think we're uh, going into turn. Three.
0: So in the game film here, as your steering wheel starts to go left or right, I didn't hear, for those second and a half, I didn't hear any change in the engine RPM.
1: No, I tried to stay. I thought, as it started to drift, I was like, don't punch at the brakes. Don't back off the throttle. Just stay on it. Kind of drift through it. We can kind of watch, watch it watch it again right so i i thought i could just kind of drift through it by yeah. staying on the throttle evidently it's very fast and furious. I mean, didn't, didn't work. <laughs> very
0: fast and furious.
1: Patrick Long said, uh, don't let go of that steering wheel. But once I was going backwards, yeah. the wheel was just whipping all directions. Oh. And I was just like, just let it straighten out. I, tell I you, thought I could save it. I thought I could save it on the track. I thought I could whip it around yeah, yeah, yeah. again.
0: Oh, you wanted to do like a like a, whip like around. a spin and keep going. Uh, oh, that. my first plan was Larry to save Larry Dixon did it in a top fuel car once wow he wow on a top fuel car and kept going
1: <laughs> my first plan was i'm gonna save this drift my yeah. second plan is i'm gonna do a 360 and keep going yeah my third that would have been awesome that would have been badass. my third was don't stall the motor yeah
0: <laughs> uh, all right well it looks like we're gonna need some tires
1: <laughs> my flat spot well on let's left. talk
0: about brakes because your brakes weren't doing so good you need to talk to these guys over at brembo no kidding brembo has been stopping champions on the track as well as drivers like you and me on the street for over 50 years brembo the world leader in braking systems has now made replacing brake pads on your everyday vehicle even easier for domestic asian and european models from subcompact cars to full-size pickups like my lightning BremboStoreUSA.com is the place to go to buy genuine Brembo OE-equivalent replacement brake components. Whether it's UV-coated brake discs, low-dust premium ceramic brake pads, or high-temperature brake fluid, go to BremboStoreUSA.com now to get the brakes, which have been the choice of champions for over 50 years. Your car doesn't need to be equipped with Brembo. These guys have replacement rotors and and, uh, and pads for just about everything out there. And for for a limited time now, you can use uh, our code CARCAST10 to get ten percent off your first purchase and help achieve that sixty to zero braking performance you deserve and expect from Brembo. So go to BremboStoreUSA.com, use code CARCAST10.
1: Yeah, all in all, it was a good vid. It was a good uh, weekend, and I got in basically. 40 laps out of 44, or four thirty-eight out of 44, or something yeah. like that. You end up doing about 11 laps.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're uh, in session. all the sessions, and it worked out great, and the car looked good, and was yeah. it was running good. And you're right, if you get a little sideways, you want to do it at the end of the whole weekend, the I guess. Whole, end so get The end of the whole new, weekend. You, know, you have yeah. fun at the track, and you say hi to everybody, and people are coming by. And- we
1: had a good time. Um, we had... Uh, Dan Wood, who's a chef, who just came by and took care of us and cooked out for us. Oh, my us. gosh.
0: He was at the house Friday. We plowed through a $1,000 worth of caviar for some reason. I mean, a tin,
1: <laughs> one tin worth of yeah. caviar. But and, it was uh, unbelievable.
0: And then we just snatched up. Uh, Sean and Jose just snatched the barbecue from the Airbnb Saturday morning, brought it to the track, and Literally Dan the up.
1: barbecue, not the barbecue food. No, he, they, barbecue. they brought the whole barbecue, brought right. it to
0: the track in the back of the truck. Dan showed up and fired up the grill, popped up some tables. Everybody was coming by.
1: <laughs> yeah. Best uh, tacos oh ever. Yeah. Uh, it, un- unbelievable stuff. I'll tell you I'll tell you part of the the beauty of Part we're, of the, we're looking at meat pictures. Part of the beauty of what uh by the way, man, that that tomahawk bone, man. Oh man. I got up I got up Sunday morning. I, I Saturday morning? No, I got up Sunday, Sunday morning. morning. I put that shit in the microwave. It wouldn't even fit in the microwave. It was so big. The to- Look at the tomahawk bone. I just got that thing heated up. It wouldn't go on the go-round part. It just wedged in there. I just heat up, and I just held it like a caveman and just bit on it. It was awesome. Oh, man. He had
0: 120 dry-aged. He had uh, day dry-aged. He had 21-day. He had the pork.
1: It was all so uh, good. But just... let me let me tell you that like the real key to – being a guy like Dan and being a chef and being a – it's just – I don't know, even a caretaker. It's this guy, People like cooking for people, like taking care of people. Mm-hmm. They're good guys. Like Jimmy's that way. When you go in and uh, you go, I'm going to have caviar for you guys at the house. And I go, mm, I'm, I'm from North Hollywood. I don't, yeah. I don't really go for that stuff. Like <laughs> I like – you know, I like a nice – fish and chips or hot dog on a stick or something you know (laughs) a caviar guy yeah you're a ball next you know i ate like 28 chips with (laughs) caviar on them because we put the creme fraiche and there's a difference between the thousand dollar caviar and the 80 bucks caviar not weird and salty and i gotta tell you he just got a i would call a high quality sort of uh, not organic but like a chip not you know not a pringles chip but yeah, like yeah, a yeah. high end like if you went to a nice store and bought a bag of nice chips with sea salt or whatever you got a good chip put a little creme fraiche on there put a little caviar on top of that and then a little uh, was it oh. scallion or something and then on top of like
0: that? just take the little roasted potato and smush it
1: yeah and put the
0: Put the little caviar on oh, top. I got, the into, top. That I got too. into
1: that too. <laughs> we just killed that can of caviar, Max. Bata. Oh my god. Oh my god. That was so. That was so good. He had to teach us how to eat it. We went to. Uh, <laughs>
0: That's how lame we are.
1: <laughs> uh, did stand up with Adam Ray. That was a good night. We went yeah. to the uh, Shelby Dock. That was good. We went to the Acura party. I forgot we did the Spike Ferriston thing. Like at yeah, some point, Spikers, somebody yeah. said to me like, "You're kind of busy, aren't you?" I went to the DMV before we went That's to right. Spike's thing. It was a it was a pretty um, activity laden uh, weekend. Yeah, uh, but it was good. The guys at the track were good. Uh, I want to thank Ardell at WeatherTech for always helping out, and uh, Charles over at Infinity and the Lincoln Navigator.
0: Oh yeah. What a great Charles world and Infinity. <laughs> oh. Charles doesn't work at Infinity although oh, oh, who knows. Oh, sorry.
1: Yeah, Charles Infinity. I was trying to think are we thinking Charles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did he produced the show cuz I could Yeah, he there. did the he did the show. I All right, thanks Charles. But then but then but he, mostly Infinity. He made Chris Morgan <laughs> his waiter after that. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, oh, that's my strange. God. That
0: was embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> we were all out for drinks. We had a big table. And it was all of us. It was Nikki Cat, who's so fantastic. He's such a nice guy. And Chris Morgan. And Chris Morgan's friend, his doctor friend. Fernando, Fernando Fleischman. Dr. Fleischman. And uh, Charles was going to order food and drinks from him. And uh, super embarrassing.
1: Well, what... <laughs> What we talked about on ACS, which was funny, is Charles hadn't met everybody yet, I don't think. Charles sat down at the table. Chris, because he's one of those gracious guys, it was one of those stupid things. You know, I don't get the rules. You know, like the rules in life, like it's like the Portola pub. Yeah. And it's a good, medium, decent sized pub restaurant. Yeah. And then. At a big weekend. At a big weekend, and you may sit just outside of the big opening. It's not like a door or anything. It's just like a big ten yeah. foot wide opening, and they have tables and chairs outside. So it's like saying, it's like it's like if you opened uh, a, a Mexican restaurant and you said, "Oh, you want to sit on the patio?" And you went and sat. Your group of six or eight went and sat down on the patio, and you went, uh, "Can we order some drinks?" Oh, you got to walk it in and do it from the bar. Yeah. And, and you even go, have the but seat. you, you have a waiter walking around. Yeah. He doesn't go to the patio. It's like the patio is not a door or a separate location. It's just one big opening. Yeah. Have the person's literally step two feet outside of where they're working and then order the table of eight with all the rich white guys here ordered up. Right. Someone's getting a big fat fucking tip. Like whoever missed out on the Chris Morgan tip missed out big time. Oh my That God. guy tips. He's the nicest guy ever. Yeah, so if I was a waiter there, that'd be the fr- I, I would pick up that table oh, in a and,
0: second. And you're kind of overselling at patio because this was all indoors. This it's place- all
1: indoors. It's all under the same roof. It's literally just <laughs> the chairs and table that is outside. You we're on the other of side, side of a planter. We're not even outside. We're all under the same roof. This is a planter. We're on the other side. There's of it.
0: not even like a door to go through. There's like a step with a planter. And so we're
1: like, <laughs> can, can we sit at this big table? There's like nine of us. They're like, yeah, but you can't. We're no, we're not coming out. Like we're you not. have to go to your. And it's like. Why have that rule? Why is that a rule? Why is it a rule? Who does it benefit? I don't.
0: I don't know who makes that decision because the waitress working there must go. Okay, but that's that's five hundred dollars worth of drinks. Like, how much am I going to make off that table? And now I can't serve that table.
1: Like, and it's the one weekend a year where maybe you drop the right, drop it and. I don't – isn't there precedent for other restaurants where they walk to different places and get orders? Like, oh, it's, like, it's never been done before. It's literally under the same roof, in the same place. It's just on the other side of the opening. And yeah. they're like, yeah, well, if you're going to sit there, you're going to have to take care of your own drinks. So now <laughs> – Chris Morgan has to get up and walk back and forth to the bar five times because there's nine people, and
0: he's the guy that's like, "I got this round, guys. This is on me. I'm going to take care of it." And
1: so he goes, up. Uh, uh, <laughs> but try to. He, I ordered one of his martinis, and he ordered one of his martinis. How many martinis can you hold walking <laughs> the back to it? Drink to transport is a right, right. So he's walking back and forth. He's dropping off my martini, his martini, and he's going back. And, and somewhere in the shuffle, when he's dropping stuff <laughs> off, <laughs> Charles looks at him and goes, "Hey, I'd like to order." Some appetizers.
0: <laughs> I, I, Chris probably put the order in. I don't know what he did at that point, but or unless the rest of the table lit him up, and it's like
1: uh, Charles. no, no. Everyone just watched him, and <laughs> then Chris, give it a beat, see what happens. Chris played along immediately. <laughs> was funny. Was explaining the kitchen was closed, and Charles was like, well, can you? Can we get some calamari? And he's like, uh, I can check. And he's like, <laughs> Charles, <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Charles goes. Charles goes. Uh, and Chris like, I can check see if we can get, open the kitchen, get some calamari. And Charles is like, you know what? Uh, I'm uh, just give me a give me a blue moon, and I'm gonna just go to the counter and get a, get cookies from the counter. And he gets up and he walks over. So we didn't even have a chance to tell him. He just gets up and leaves. Oh, he got told later in the night when he was sitting there and everyone was, well, Adam Ray was sitting right next to him watching the whole thing, like with amazement and, and, and Adam coming at it from a comedic standpoint. So he thinks, so Adam reminded me of something I said that I I forgot about, but he turned when Charles got up and went to the front desk, to go get some Toll House cookies.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um, Adam looked at me and he goes, is, is that a bit? Is he doing a bit? Is he doing a bit? And I said, Charles doesn't do bits. He does its, as in it's happening. <laughs> it's happening. There is no bit. It's all it. And he's like, he doesn't know who that is. <laughs> 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 he's trying to process it through the filter of a comedian and thinking if this yeah. guy's with our crew, he's got to have a sense of humor too. I-
0: I'm glad Adam Ray came out to the track ahead of time. He was so great. He was so funny. And that whole that whole dinner, that drinks, it was funny. But he had his moment too, where it was getting late, and uh, and some of the guys were leaving the events, leaving the auctions, and the guy walks by, uh, wearing a suit or tux, but just just looked just looks sad and head down, and his gray hair just scraggly, looked like Eeyore, just like on a bad day. And uh, Ray's like, Look at this guy. He must have just like, you know, lost the best day of his life. And I go, No, no, no. That's Rob Meyer. He's the R M and R M Sotherby's. He owns the whole auction. <laughs> it's all his place. And he was just I don't know, just a long day. They had the big Hitler car. Oh, debacle. My god. oh my god, that was uh that was that was crazy. That's probably gonna have to save that one for a for another day. We I think we got some game film on that too.
1: Yeah, I watched it. Uh, it was crazy.
0: Just the you know, the short of it is is the auctioneer just his accent was a little off and he sounded like he kept saying 30 40 50 60 70 but he was saying 13 14 he didn't pronounce the 18 yeah now-
1: very well Pronounce. Yeah. And I'm trying to think and he, but he did on occasion, like he toggled back and forth. He did like three bad ones yeah. and then one correct team. And
0: when he he corrected himself, he's like, Oh, it's seventeen, and then three beats later, he's back to seventy.
1: Right. Um, and so here's I don't know if they've sold this car. Now look, in my world, somebody still wants this car. Yeah. And somebody still wants to pay X amount of money for it. That's in my world. In the real world, somebody made a mistake. Somebody's going to have to pay, and someone's going someone's to need a little discount.
0: Right. So, you know, we've we've watched a million auctions on TV, and a lot of times, sometimes the counter, the the numbers up on the screen get a little ahead of themselves, and they're like, we're at 20500 and they're like, well, we're not there yet. So it mm-hmm. goes back. They, mm-hmm. they reverse the number a little bit, but it happens very quickly, and it's a common you know, thing you see up it, there. But this guy was saying 13, 14, 16, 17, and, uh, and the screen was 30 million, 40 million, 60 million. And then when he corrected himself, it had gone several minutes ahead of time. So you've got to imagine that – during these long minutes that are happening, there's phone bidders going, oh, 30000000 million, 40 million, I'm out. And they're hanging up the phone. And people are probably leaving the room going, it's too rich for my blood, did, I'm out.
1: Did we ever figure out what the reserve was on the car? We like, don't know I what the
0: reserve was, and it stalled out at the $17 million and no sale. I'm sure there's scrambling going on in the back. I have room, seen... But-
1: an rm auction on tv that was from i don't know 2016 or something like that where the guy brought the one-off ferrari like center seat like pre-dino whatever it's uh uh, uh god luigi whatever jr first guy to import the stuff out to yeah to, yeah i forgot that dude's name. uh Canetti. Luigi Canetti Junior. and Luigi Canetti won Le Mans, I guess, in a Ferrari, and then started was the first Northern North American porter of Ferrari, and blah right. blah blah. And his son still had this one off car, and I think it got to like twenty three mil. And Luigi Canetti, I just remember like is looking at, uh, he he was uh, looking at the host, and he's like. Ugh tough day at the office tough like day. i remember like like nah like
0: 23 million for the car that was
1: handed down to me right and that's a car I got paid two five for right He looked <laughs> at wayne Carine, He's like yeah this it. this is insulting <laughs> and and now but now here's the thing it's a one-off ferrari yeah we can tell you what testarossa's cost we can tell you what gto's cost we can tell you what 935's cost give or take but one-offs are tough this is a one-off porsche and it's not yeah. even a porsche that's 9 years yeah. before Porsche. So you can say this is a 50 million dollar car and then someone else can go not worth anything over 25. And the next guy can go it's not worth over 20 and who's right I don't know. The room wasn't surprised when he
0: was saying 50 60 70 million. The room wasn't right. surprised. Maybe phone bidders were out and they were off the line. Right. That's the bad part. But when he goes, "Oh, it's 17 not 70." booze across the room boy the temperature changed in there quickly
1: i uh, can't imagine owning that thing and going from 70 to 17
0: yeah that's All the right. bummer part for we'll
1: me. get into more details yeah. next time first let me hit uh, geico everyone's got the to-do list mm-hmm. how about you add save hundreds of dollars on your car insurance you don't have to go anywhere just go to geico.com 15 minutes you could be saving Fifteen percent or more on your auto insurance. Yeah. Take that extra money, go uh, hit an auction, man. See if you can get yourself a uh, Porsche. And uh, this is the best to do. You're going to do. Go to Geico.com. Spend a couple of minutes and see just how much you could be saving on your auto insurance. So, yeah. uh, good time, lots of activities. Sonny was having a good time. Hey, Max Brad, did you find anything about? The temps at the track or the temps on Wednesday or Thursday versus just the 68 and and why that how that works. Like, here's the whole thing. I live in La Cunata. I'll check it. It'll be like, oh, Monday, it's going to be 91. I'll go, OK. And yeah. then it'll go Tuesday. It's going to be 84. And I'll feel it when I walk Phil out. Oh, it's a yeah. little cooler tonight. Yeah. Walking Phil, the dog. This was just 68, 68, 68, except for they were 30 degrees off. <laughs> at the
0: time, it was like in real time. We couldn't. Do they not know what a thermometer is? I don't
1: know. What how, could can be we easier we than hook a thermometer than, than up doing to the internet? Th- the temperature at a track. I don't know. Does, is there an app on your goddamn phone? Like, couldn't we just have somebody who worked there with their fucking phone, like, tell you how hot it is every hour? There's a hundred thousand
0: people there. Somebody else must have asked this question, right? So I'm <laughs> I'm looking at. Uh, so I found a, a weather thing for. Laguna Seca and right now it's all sixty eight, sixty eight, sixty eight, so they're uh, just I can't locked find, into sixty eight. Yeah, I forever. can't find the forecast uh from weeks ago. But uh But there and, wasn't
1: any articles like record breaking heat in Monterey or anything. That would have been yeah. on Wednesday, man. I mean yeah. it was hotter than it's yeah. ever been there. And then uh, do they have attendance? Do they have anybody, any? I haven't
0: seen that yet. I haven't and, seen uh, it yet. And I'm seeing some of the numbers come up. I think Gooding did very well. Did Gooding alone did something like 73 or 76 million. By the way, a lot of people were asking. What did they do the year before? Do you remember? I don't know. We've got to pull okay. the numbers. But um, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the guys we were asking about the Nicky Lauda car, which is fantastic to see. Nicky Lauda, Nicky Lauda.
1: <laughs> uh, it was a good-looking car. And I will say this about the Nicky Lauda car. Yeah. Uh, pulled $6 million, a little yeah. under what they thought. But again, there's no n- But number. in the range. Yeah, in yeah. the range. And nobody nobody can tell you with any certitude, like this is how much an F1 car goes yeah. for. They, they don't have any of that. I thought it was good money.
0: I don't know if it's all the money, but it's the right money. It's, and I, it's look, a cool piece. Whoever it sold it did see. fine.
1: Whoever bought it will do fine as well. That'll yeah. be $10 bucks soon. It looked great in person. McLaren
0: F1 LM spec. 106 McLarens, I think, made two LM specs. And what did it go, 19.8, I think, Nine, Nineteen change. is that all in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. all in.
1: Leno's happy. Uh, yeah. Max Pata, we'll, uh, we'll follow up on this uh, in subsequent or uh, later shows. Uh, you can go to Portland, check us out at the uh, World of Speed Motorsports Museum. That'll I think you be,
0: can uh, bring your car out for that.
1: Friday, August 30th. Yeah, doing a car show. We'll be there with Mario Andretti. And just go to com for all the live shows and everything you want to do. Yes, Max Pata.
0: Uh, I found in uh, Mercury News, Monterey, nearly a dozen cities in the Bay Area and Monterey County set or tied new
1: daily heat records on Wednesday. Okay. <laughs> Perhaps you should include that in your forecast when I'm on Tuesday, I'm looking at the test. Right. You're going to set a record for heat, except for you just have 68 across the yeah. board.
0: How about Wednesday night and the, they're doing the weather report on the news, they don't go today was off uh, off base we're probably going to see some of this tomorrow <laughs>
1: jesus Christ. meteorologist
0: ryan walburn of uh, the national weather service is quoted saying
1: obviously a hot day across the bay area That's yeah it. It. <laughs> all right well said sir well that said one they should have anticipated uh, you can check out shift and steer available on iTunes Thank and you. podcast one until next time the Adam curl for matt the moderator deandrea saying keep the air in the spare in the bag in the wheel.